Welcome to AEM Early Access, a collaboration between Brown University Emergency Medicine and the editors of the Academic Emergency Medicine Journal. I'm Dr. Gita Pensa, and here's what we've got for you today. Women were first admitted to medical school in the United States in 1849. But despite this 170-year history, as few as one-third of medical school faculty are female. And despite attempts at promoting workforce diversity, multiple medical specialties have lower proportions of female faculty that are full professors, have senior authorship, or have NIH funding. So today we're shining a light on this discrepancy and discussing a recent article in AEM entitled Gender Differences in Faculty Rank Among Academic Emergency Physicians in the United States. First author, Dr. Christopher Bennett and his team aimed to complete a comprehensive analysis of gender differences among U.S. academic emergency physicians. And Dr. Bennett is here today to talk about it with us. He's a third-year resident at the Harvard-affiliated Emergency Medicine Residency Program and has additional academic interests in health services research as it relates to populations in emergency medicine, gun violence, and also LGBT populations with a focus on HIV and HIV prevention. And we're so pleased to have him with us today. He's being interviewed by Dr. Amy Matson, a fourth-year resident in emergency medicine here at Brown. Be sure to read the full text of this article available on our blog at brownemblog.com. Welcome, Dr. Bennett. We're very happy to have you today on our podcast, highlighting your recent article in the Academic Emergency Medicine Journal. We're going to get started and have you tell us about how you became interested in the issue of gender differences in emergency medicine and what you were hoping to investigate by doing this study. Uh, thank you, and thank you for having me. I think the the early introduction I had into this particular research interest actually was well before the start of this paper. I have an established interest, I think, in graduate medical education policy, and about a year or so ago, I became really interested in looking at residents in general, like what the actual face of that population looked like and how it was changing over time. Uh, and it was through a conversation with some of the authors on this study, Dr. Ali Raj, as well as Dr. Nina Kapoor, as well as some of the other uh, people who had previously published, Dr. Jenna and Dr. Blumenthal and JAMA on Doximi data, that had set the stage showing that overall in academic uh, faculty that there was a discrepancy that uh, female physicians were underrepresented and that they were not in the higher levels of academics. And it was curious to me that it hadn't been published upon, to some extent, in emergency medicine. Uh, so my first attempt was to really see what the literature was, which led me to Dr. Madsen's paper, which is a 2017 academic emergency medicine piece that beautifully set the stage for what appears to be a quite significant issue uh, in emergency medicine. There were some uh, limitations in that study solely uh, based upon response rate. And the goal was really to try to take uh, some fantastic work and just see if if we expanded it, whether the issue was still there and how much of an extent it was there. Great. And clearly, this is a very important topic to to study. Um, for those of us who haven't had a chance to read your paper yet, could you briefly summarize your findings for us? Yeah. So the concept of the paper was with the understanding that gender parity remains an ongoing issue in academic medicine. We know it's improved, but it remains an academic problem for academic physicians. We used previous data building off of a 2014 study by Dr. Jenna and JAMA uh, and looked at basically a comprehensive database of all physicians uh, in the country 
at a snapshot of 2014 with a particular interest in emergency medicine physicians. The first approach was to evaluate simple descriptive characteristics of male and female academic physicians and then to do some modeling. In our analysis of simple statistics, we noticed that compared to male colleagues, female physicians tend to be younger. They're more likely to be assistant professors, having had fewer years since their residency, fewer total publications, fewer first or last author publications, less likely to have grants, uh, and less likely to have clinical trials compared to their male colleagues. Um, and in doing some additional subset analyses and modeling, we once we account for a number of variables, we notice that compared to male colleagues, males have a higher probability of being associate or full professors compared to their uh, females who are attending more be assistant professors. Okay, great. And as you said earlier, that gender disparities do exist across all specialties of medicine. Why do you think emergency medicine has more gender differences than other specialties? I think that's, I think fundamentally, that's the question at the root of all this. I know at least it is for the work that I'm doing. I think to probably some extent, it was at the basis of Dr. Madsen's study. Um, And overall, it's really not entirely clear what the cause of that is. I think about a month ago, actually in academic emergency medicine as well, we published a study. It was with Dr. Megan Rainey. And the focus of that was looking at residents, which is, I think, one of my primary focuses. And we know that overall, emergency medicine just tends to have less female residents. And that's compared to the overall resident population. And that's with, compared to the general population. So the U.S. population estimates around 50.8% female we're on the order of much less than that. And overall residency population is higher, but still lower than the general U.S. population. I think a component of this is really just the fact that we don't have as many female physicians in academic emergency medicine. And I think as a result of that, we just don't have those individuals advancing to higher level leadership positions uh, and being able to come up for promotion. Mm-hmm. The um, I think Dr. Rainey and my application over on the other side, as well as Dr. Mills, um, also thought, and I think this probably to some extent plays in that it is very well may just be an issue with retention and lack of advancement options within academic emergency medicine, which is something that is disheartening. But, um, and I, obviously in this study, we can't test for that, but I think it's probably a component of that as well. Right. And from a method standpoint, it's interesting that you chose to use Doximity as your physician database. Do you think using this database limited your evaluation in any way? I don't think so. I think obviously there's a concern for response bias. Um, I think given the sample size here, looking uh, just over about 3,500 physicians, that it does minimize the concern for that bias. But I mean, I think I'm more focused on the fact that it's more of a cross-sectional study. Um, Doximity was a source for the data. They had no involvement with the actual creation of the manuscript or anything beyond providing the data. Um, But I I think when we look at large data sets and platforms, it actually is something that enables us to have a better understanding of the population. And so I think it was actually one of the strengths of the study. Hmm, That's very interesting. And in your discussion, you talk about how the retention and the recruitment of female emergency medicine physicians has been fairly stagnant for the past 10 years. What do you think could be done to help improve the female physician retention and recruitment for our field? That's, that's, that is a fantastic question. I think at the end of the day, we truly just need more female physicians. Um, we overall need, uh, bottom line, we need a more diverse population. That represents both gender, race, ethnicity. But as it stands for this particular paper, it needs to be more female physicians. We need the numbers that then basically allow us to have a larger pool. Dr. Chu, um, a rock star, I think everyone knows her, a household name for all of us in this community, is a physician scientist who's led the field. 
She published a paper back in 2016, which was uh, the result of a working group with AWIM as well as AWEB. That probably answers that question far better than I would be able to. And she provides, I think, probably in her table one, just tackling global approaches, thoughts on family-friendly policies, and means of supporting development and advancement of women in emergency medicine. The reason why I'm citing that is because I don't think it's a simple one answer will fix all. I think this is, will be something um, to improve female physician recruitment attention will be something that requires the entire field coming together. But overall, I think at the base of all this is just that we need more female physicians that are in academic emergency medicine. And the scope of your specific paper here was academic emergency medicine physicians. And do you think that the, your research has implications for emergency medicine physicians who are in the community or non-academic settings as well? I think so. I think it absolutely does. I think we obviously use the um, the language here of assistant professor, associate professor, professor, with the understanding is that's one model of advancement in emergency medicine. Um, promotion comes in many different forms. I think obviously we're limited because we focus on that title here, but I think it is still generalizable to some extent to the larger population. Leadership doesn't have to be a professorship. Leadership can be in a different title and it has associated responsibilities that obviously make it more distinct. But I think the data that we show here shows an issue that probably exists outside of academic emergency medicine. Yeah, absolutely. You highlight a very important issue, I'm sure, across all spectrums of, of medical care. Are you planning to continue this research going forward, specifically the issue of gender differences? I am and I do. I have uh, a couple of additional projects, actually, two of which are in more of the, I think, the planning phase. We're looking at the larger population of just faculty across the board and also more across the board for residents looking more at changes. So one of the limitations about this paper was a cross-sectional analysis. Um, I'm trying to find a bit more of a way to do some retrospective data looking at changes over time to see whether or not this value that we're seeing here is something that's getting better, it's getting worse. And I think one of the things I'm really interested in doing is because this was 2014, like where the field stands today and what that changed, what's the delta? Is it going in a good direction? Is it going in a bad direction? Or is it just staying absolutely stagnant? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very thoughtful. And you've already said that it is a complex issue without a single easy fix, but is there any final thoughts or big picture items that you'd like to leave us with about what we could do as a specialty to improve these gender differences? I think... Overall, and I know that the Society for Academic Emergency Medicine takes this to heart, um, we just need to be more cognizant of the fact that this is an issue. Um, beyond the fact that we're publishing these papers, we're having this conversation and that we're reading these findings that are across the fields, whether it be cardiology, surgery, or general medicine, um, we need to do more than think about this. We need to have action. We have to support work on diversity. We have to publish outcomes of studies, even if it's information that's difficult to digest and hard to look at. And we have to remind ourselves that this is an issue that's been present, not for years, but for decades. And that is at this point demands attention. It's something that we need to fix and we need to fix it now. We owe it to our patients and to the people we serve to train a more diverse population to support the advancement of emergency medicine physicians and all um all aspects of that provider. And it has to happen inside and outside of academic emergency medicine. Uh, so if anything, I think we just have to own it and we have to talk about moving past conversation and moving to action. We're ready for a change. I think we are, and we see it, especially as it sort of relates to the field overall, but we should own it. Uh, we should own it ourselves. Well, we appreciate your passion and your bringing awareness to this topic with your research study. And we really appreciate you coming to talk with us today on this podcast about your research. 
Thank you for having me. It was absolutely fantastic to chat with you. Thanks, Dr. Bennett. Thanks for listening to this month's AEM Early Access. Check out the full text of this article on our blog at brownemblog.com or on the SAEM website. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Search for AEM Early Access, all one word. I'm Dr. Gita Pensa, and while I've still got the mic, I'm just going to point out the awesome fact that Dr. Bennett not only referenced several female first authors by name, but that they're all current or former Brown Emergency Medicine faculty. And you can hear a previous podcast about Dr. Madsen's work on iTunes. Today's music is by Scott Holmes. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.